Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody. It is almost Thanksgiving around here. So by the time that you listen to this, it will be a little bit after Thanksgiving. But happy holidays from all of us here at the Power Women in Insurance podcast. And today I am going to be speaking to someone in the insurance space, InsurTech, Bobby Collies. And she is amazing. And we are excited to be able to have you today. Bobby, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me today, Teresa. Excited to be here. Well, I am excited. You are with Coterie, and I am pumped to be able to talk about your role with them, your role in the insurance space, where you've been. I am excited to be able to hear your story. So, Bobby, tell us a little bit about how you got into insurance, insurance tech, and all the things that you're doing specifically within that space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am actually a right out of college insurance person, believe it or not. Uh, went to school for business and I really had two job offers out of college. One was a commercial underwriting trainee job. The other one was like a buyer job for a big manufacturer. Um, insurance sounded a little bit more sexy to me. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was for a company that focused, their book was mainly focused on bars and restaurants. So it felt okay. something I was comfortable with it. I knew it. So long story short there, I, um, I kind of made my way up through the ranks. I spent the first half of my career in commercial lines underwriting in various roles. And then um, I was a leader at Secura Insurance in Wisconsin um, in underwriting at the time. And I was asked to lead a strategic research project on how is technology going to impact distribution in the independent agency channel. And at that point in time, I completely fell in love with where this is going. I could see the future. Um, and I was like, this underwriting stuff, it was fun for a while, but it's kind of for the birds, right? It's not going to change that much. <laughs> <So it> just... <laughs> Distribution is going to change pretty significantly. So that was yeah. 2016-ish, Teresa. And it was right okay. around the time InsurTech was kind of becoming a, an actual word and a term we were starting to use on a regular basis. And that's when I flipped into the marketing and the sales side. And I haven't looked back. Um, okay, but I I spent a majority of my career actually in legacy mutual insurance carriers, um, and I joined Coterie in in March of this year. And the the funny thing about that is, um, like, I've always been an innovator. I've always been entrepreneurial, but the the typical mutual insurance carrier just does not move that fast and does not like change. No, not at all. Not at all. You have to have a um, so train I, to move them off track. I mean, you know, they don't get don't get off track very easily at all. No, well, because they're they're making money, right? They're meeting their numbers, so so the need for change really isn't there. Um, and so swing the pendulum the other way and go into insure tech, and the governance is a lot less. You're moving so much quicker. It's like um, one of our co-founders, Tim. He likes to describe it as dog years. It's like a week in insure tech startup world is like seven weeks in a legacy carrier or a month is like a year. It, it just goes yeah. by so quickly. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So you got into the insure tech world and 
you got excited and wooed by the fact that things move faster and more interestingly. And but you, like you're saying, no, you're you really got into that space as it became a, a word in our vocabulary, right? Because now people throw away the term insurtech, right? And they're talking about you know lemonade, or they're talking about a lot of them. A lot, a lot of them are talking about, but there's that's such a insurtech is such a wide word these days. It's not just online. Back in the day, it was, it meant, you know, insurance online. Ooh, it got sexy, right? With that concept. But today's day and age, insure tech means a lot of different things compared to how it did back then. Tell us how you've seen that really change and grow over the course of the years to really be what the industry needs it to be. Because I think that's a very interesting uh, history and a very interesting path that I think it started with you know, kind of online quoting and giving some online resources, and all of a sudden it's grown into this completely different thing over the course of the last, you know, what, 10, 10, I don't even know, 10, 15 years, however long it's really been around. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about InsureTech is early stage, I would say back in the 2015, 2016 timeframe, um, most of InsureTech startups were talking about disrupting the industry. So basically eliminating carriers, maybe eliminating independent agents and going direct to consumer and and trying to crack that nut. Um, And then it was kind of funny because within two to three years, I think most of them realized that the regulatory environment does not make it easy to do that. Right. Um, The the distribution of the independent agency channel is very strong, particularly in commercial lines. And um, the folks that were trying to do it, you mentioned Lemonade. um, There's a few others. Um, They weren't making money. Right. And, and right. even today, you see they went IPO, their, their stocks are struggling. And so it, it really turned into more of a how can technology enable the current operating model of our industry, mm-hmm. create efficiencies and allow folks to have just a better underwriting insurance buying experience overall. Um, and I, I don't know, we, we, we took a few pages out of the banking industry, right? Like how, how technology disrupted there. Um, but banking mm. is pretty cut and dry, right? It's, it's the underwriting is a lot more like first lines underwriting. The data was easier to get to. Um, we are evolving though, Teresa, to more of a data informed technology model. Um, and Coterie is so. Um, I have an alter ego that some of my um, colleagues call Matilda. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So when I get really insurance geeky, Matilda comes out and the automated underwriting model that we built at Coterie just makes me so geeky excited from, you know, (laughs) underwriting and rating and the amount of data that we're bringing in. It's just, it's so cool. And I'm so excited to be a part of that journey. So let's talk data then, because I think that the average insurance agent versus the um, the uh, uh, insurtech world versus carriers, right? I think there's a really big talk about data. I think people want their data to be private. People want their data to be blah, blah, blah. But yet at the same point, we want, as people, we want to release enough data so that what we can get what we want from it, right? It can serve us in our ease of doing business wherever we go, right? Like if we, I always find it interesting that if people go online and all of a sudden half the answers are filled out, they go, oh, how cool. But then 
whenever you talk about putting a widget in somebody's car to be able to track their driving habits, they're like, I don't want Big Brother watching me. I'm like, well, you can't have it both ways, right? We can't have Google tell us where to go and make sure that we get the best driving patterns and then turn around and tell Google that Google can't tell anybody where we've been, you know? But at the same point, the conveniences that we've been able to really harness because of that ability for data to be to be um, transposed across industries and across um, technological avenues and where it can be used, even in this the smart um, experience type process to be able to give people a really great experience in what it is that they're purchasing or or doing, even in the insurance world, how are you guys finding the change and the shift in that conversation? Because I think even when we look at from an agency perspective, the concept of people who are willing to put a widget in their car five years ago, people were not as willing to do it. Now they are because they understand a lot more of the value that this data is going to allow them to have not only in discount in maybe, you know, driving and, you know, premiums and things like that, but how are you seeing the shift from you know, unavailability to a lot of data being available to now the usage of that data. How are you guys really managing that conversation? Because I think that's a, and it's a really big question. And I know I just threw like probably 18,000 things into your head, but I just see so much of agency owners before were like, no, we can't use, we can't do this, this, and this, and this, right? We can't, we don't want easy links to be able to sell our data. We don't want this company to do this. We don't want the carriers to be contacting, you know, the clients if we quote them, but at the same point, we have to give them all the data to be able to do this. And, but yet at the same point, that inner, inner exchange of data is so important to the growth of business industry and technology. How are you guys kind of managing that change? Because I think it's just such a big change, especially in the last 10 years in the insurance space. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with just saying, um, the only way that we're going to survive or you will survive in this industry moving forward is using more data, whether you're a carrier, mm-hmm. an agency, or an insured tech, because the expense and the cost model of not doing so it is going to put you in, on, in a, a place where you're just not going to be able to compete anymore. The economics will not yeah. work for your business, right? Um, as far as data itself, um, it, it's it's been truly interesting. I think um, embracing it and leaning into it is really the only way to go. And so we're we're getting more sophisticated with data accuracy and how we use the data, right? So I think the first problem that we're, we're really trying to solve for, and even at Quotary, is we're we're pulling in data from multiple third party data sources, and over time we're tracking. What data fields are agents correcting? Which data fields are they not? So we can figure out which of the third-party data sources has more accurate data. So we might be pulling two fields from this third-party data source and five fields from this one and so on and so on. Um, So we're getting better at that. We've also learned that as much as agents um, think that they're providing accurate quote or accurate accord apps with accurate information on that, it's just not happening. Right. Like um, we're able to get more accurate information on things like roof updates, electrical updates than we ever were in the past. So in many ways, a risk is is getting a, a more accurate rate that's reflective of the risk that they actually have to the insurance carrier versus kind of being thrown in that pool of large, of large numbers. 
And we've seen this happen in the health industry too, Teresa, right? Like when I was a kid, if you were a smoker, you weren't upcharged, right? As in health insurance. Now we have um, the, the, the blood test, right? Where you get discounts on your health insurance. If you're a healthier person, if you have, if you're a smoker, you get upcharged, right? So I think over time, you're just going to, the rates will be reflective of the actual individual risk versus the pool of large number, well, large numbers, which seems fair, right? The folks that are going to get cranky and the folks that don't want people to have, they don't want the telematics in their cars are the ones that are probably the high risk ones. Um, so that's where you'll see those standard rates probably go up a lot higher. And those that are more comfortable with exposing their data will have cheaper insurance rates um, over time. I love and, that. I love that that idea, yeah. though, that you're, you, you know, that you guys are, you know, rating based on need and um, activities and actions rather than on group norms, you know, that it's not just, oh, this is, you know, um, like health insurance specifically, right? Like a, like a woman, 35 years old, you know, you're not just going to assume a ton of stuff about her. You're going to be able to have the data to be able to make sure that what you're assuming is correct. Yep, absolutely. At, and, and, I love and that. what I'm seeing too in InsureTech, there's there's some really cool um, folks out there that are bringing data both from third-party data sources, marrying that with agency management system data, and in some cases, carrier data. And they're actually predicting shopping behavior of policyholders. So they can predict which policyholders are going to shop. So therefore, allowing agents to target their remarketing efforts very intentionally versus we remarket our business every three years type of thing, right? right. Like just kind of, it, it, it's becoming a lot more granular. So then the accuracy of where anyone needs to focus, whether it's a carrier agent um, or insure tech is becoming much greater because they're focusing where they need to focus their time and effort versus kind of applying a broad brush peanut butter approach um, across their business or their book for business. I love that. Do you feel like it's <clears throat> made things more complicated? Like as far as all the little buttons that we have to push and 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 the things that we have to ask questions for? I mean, do you feel like maybe because I do believe that the that the especially the independent agent, the independent agent has to pivot with the concept of relationship and technology. I don't think that the independent channel will be able to survive for long for years upon years okay for for a long-term idea unless we pivot to a hybrid model of technology and relationship and it has to be that because technology can't give relationship relationship can't give technology right we relationship can't be around 24 hours a day to be able to help people make changes in their pajamas but yet at the same point we've seen with a lot of these big companies that there is a certain amount of draw of that right like Jake from State Farm setting up at 3 p 3 a.m you know, making a, an auto policy change or whatever. But I think we as insurance agencies, and I'm talking about myself and the community that I kind of run with, I think we're so afraid that technology is going to take away that personal relationship. But I think what you're really telling us too is that it can almost give us more of that personal relationship because we can know the buying habits, the buying tendencies of our clients by utilizing a lot of this, a lot of this data to be able to make sure that we can talk to them about things that they love rather than having to fish around and, you know, um, and rather than us being so busy, 
doing all this work, we get to know the client a little bit better. We get to merge that conversation. Are you seeing that that we're seeing more of a relationship? Is it is data really able to help people have a better relationship with their clients? And what are we going to be seeing with that hopefully in the future moving forward? What are you what are you expecting in the industry? I think, Teresa, that the value proposition of the independent agency is changing. Right. So when I first started as an underwriter, independent agents used to tell me that they outservice their agency down the road, right? Like we service our clients better. Um, and and then the term relationships comes up often, right? Whether I'm at a carrier or at talking to an agency, like we're, we're, our business is based on relationships. Yep. Okay, but what does that really mean? So mm-hmm. with the data that we're getting, um, it's allowing agents and CSRs to do less data collection and to do more of, I would say, two things. One is the relationship building that you're talking about. How do you spend more time understand, you know, building that relationship with your client? But then two, how do you better understand the risk that your client has and become more of a, a risk advisor and a risk manager versus an insurance transaction? Right. Um, I like that. That's a good point. More of a, a an insurance uh, risk manager rather than just a quoter or, you know, a, a policy driven person. You're really building that relationship because you have the data to do so. Yeah. And really what the the data should do is it should help an agent be able to cross-sell and upsell, right? Because you should be able to do more discovery around what risks that a a commercial risk might have or a client may have versus really focusing on that data collection, getting the quote, finding the quote, getting the policy, getting billing information, right? Um, Helping them with an audit. A lot of that service stuff is going to be become self-service through technology, to your point, 24-7. So clients can make their changes when they need to. um, But then the agent should be able to monitor that, right? And be able to say, hey, Mr. Klein, I noticed you did this on your policy last night. Um, These are some things we need to think about. Or I'm concerned that you might have a different exposure now. We need to make sure that your coverage is adequate. And that's really where I think the value agent will be in the future. Perfect. Yeah. And I think, and I think agents really have to open up to that. We have to be able to embrace the concept of data, 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 whatever people want to call it. But I think we have to be able to embrace it because number one, it's not going anywhere. And I think that we have to really embrace that it's going to make our lives better. It's going to make us better at our jobs. And if we don't move forward, we're going to only make it harder for people to do business with us, you know, make it harder for people to, cause they're going to go down the road and they can, you know, talk to Joe Smith down the road. And um, Joe Smith may have all the, all the data points to be able to make it a wow experience, right. When they walk out of that office or whenever they get off the phone, if they go, wow, wow, that was so easy. Right. But with me, it took a 20 minutes of being grilled and what's your blood type because I don't have access to all of that. Right. And maybe the other person says, you know, the other agency owner or other agency person says, hey, you know, uh, you know, the weather's great outside. Wouldn't it be nice to go get on a boat, you know? And, oh, yeah, well, do you have a boat? You know, and it, because maybe the data would let them see that, right? And then they could go ahead and ask the questions to get there. But the other agent would miss out on so much of that relationship building if they don't have access to that data. I really think it's something that as an agency, 
on the agency side, as well as on the way up through carriers and so forth, we've got to really start seeing it as a tool in our office and not something that is distracting or um, bad. You know, I think a lot of people have seen that tracking data, like that backend tracking data that kind of like absorbs all that, right? Um, as something bad, but over the course of the years, we're going to have to, and I think we have already started releasing that fear of, of somebody seeing our stuff or knowing our stuff. And I think we're seeing a really big, uh, release of the fear of that concept. I don't know how to put it. I'm trying to kind of, not really trying to dance around it, but I've seen a lot more people be willing to do the telematics. People are willing to be able to say, Hey, you know, I would love to be able to participate in, in this or that, like homeowners have come out with, you know, different like water sensor stuff that you could do different discounts with right now. They aren't doing as much of that. But I think right now in this hard market, we have to embrace the data because it's only going to get more important in the sales process. Well, and the reality is if you're carrying a smartphone around, all of that data is being collected, right? Like it's listening to you, especially if you have any social media apps, they're collecting data on you all of the time. So why not actually like take the data that's being collected on you and monetize it and get some discounts on your insurance or use it for, for different different types of applications where you can actually get some sort of benefit out of the data that's being collected on you. And this is this is one area too where it's it's the, the level and the granularity of data is only going to get more sophisticated. So it's you, you you almost have to embrace it or you have to isolate yourself from the world and technology. I love it. I love it. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. So what are what are you guys doing over at Coterie with all this uh, data and where are y'all going with um because I know uh how long how long has Coterie been around? It's been around like three, four years. I can't remember exactly because I mean I know I've really heard about like the last couple of years. So tell us about Coterie. How are y'all using the data to be able to make the process easier for the agents and for the clients out there? Yeah, so Coterie's been around for about four years. And in July of this year, we released um, Simply Bind, which is really our underwriting engine combined with our quoting engine um, to be able to get an agent a bindable quote within seconds or minutes. Um, the seconds is really fun. Um, but the whole premise there is we have multiple third-party data sources that you give us a name and an address. We go get as many data points as we can and we return a bindable quote. Um, in some cases, there's not enough information, especially if it's a new in business. So it, there's a little bit more data input that has to happen on the agency side. But typically, like within a few minutes, you have a quote that you can bind and instantly get back decks and a certificate of insurance. So um, our whole value prop is, is around speed, simplicity, and insurance in small commercial lines. 
we have seen over the last, I would say, five to 10 years, a lot of larger agencies and brokers really abandon the small commercial space. And many agents, if you run the economics around it, and you're quoting a small business with five different carriers, um, by the time you're done quoting, you've lost money on it. It's a 500 BOP or $1,000 BOP. So our value prop is we're actually creating uh, an experience where agents can make money on a small business risk. And and that's what's exciting to me is how we've, we're trying to solve a problem for all agents, big or small, um, creating that economic model that allows you to, to actually take commissions and do something with them versus more of a subsidized model around small and commercial. Right. Um, and yeah. And the data that we're using, like I'm not going to pretend to really understand the next level details. We have a fantastic um, leader in our data team, Paul. He um, he actually came from the sports world, doing sports predictions, and is has transferred his skill set into insurance. And it's been it's been fantastic. He's doing they're doing such a great job on just modeling and making sure that our that our model gets smarter with machine learning over time. So the, I would predict in like two to three years from now, our model will be super sophisticated and we'll be able to swim upstream with some more complex commercialized risks. I love that. I love that. And, and you're right, because so many of the small commercial policies need, need to be written and they need to be accurate and they need to be really good policies. But at the same point, they are very hard for a, an agency to be profitable on that for the amount of time that they need to be able to, to do that. So how is, how is how is Coterie going to be partnering with the agency side specifically? I know that with speed of, of being able to get in there and with the, the data accuracy and so forth. So can the, can the agent go on in there and also update some of that information? Because you mentioned earlier that not all data is, is completely accurate, right? And not all that we have on our end, even as an agency, is completely accurate. So are y'all really watching that accuracy piece as well? And then as whatever, can, you know, can agents go ahead and make sure that we tweak that a little bit to make sure that yeah. it's accurate on our end for what we interviewed the client with? Yeah, so I would say we basically have pre-fill on steroids right now. And agents are able to quick review any of the fields that they want to. Um, we typically say just do a quick review of payroll and or revenue sales because um, those are our two least accurate fields right now. And they're the most overridden. But we're, we're really watching those clicks and where agents are deleting and entering in new information just so we know over time, which data fields are most accurate. And when we get to a really high level of accuracy, we might start to hide those fields, Teresa, right? Like we haven't even talked about that, but if, if we know they're accurate, why even give agents the option to change it if we're really confident in the data that we're getting? So I think that will be something that will evolve and we'll iterate on over time. Um, but right now, the partnership is we're going to give you as much data as we have independent agents and you tell them what's right and what's not and we're going to try to give you a quote as quickly as possible and then the future will be we'll have even faster better experience for you i love that i love that and making it i mean not just faster technologically but faster because like you said you don't need them to put in all the data points right you don't need them to yep. throw people and ask for their blood type right in order to be able to run a quote and um, that allows us to, to build that relationship with the client, I think, and talk about other things and talk about deeper diving things into their business to make sure that they are a good risk. I mean, the, 
I mean, I know the data is is super important and it is, but also the eyeball, the eyeball, the ability to have a conversation with the client and feel them out as far as like, you know, you can get a you can get a feeling if somebody's creepy or whatever. We're still gonna need that personal intuition, right? To be able yeah. to be on the other side of this. And I think I think one of the fears that a lot of people have, and let's let's chat about that, is that do you see InsureTech taking over? the insurance industry from the agency uh, conversation. I mean, you know, I think a lot of, we talked about earlier about how InsureTech tried to go online and tried to be that big boy, but they, 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 they didn't, they didn't know how to do that accurately and profitably. And with that, I think in my opinion, it's that personal touch it's that personal ability to be able to look somebody in the eye and, or, hear them, know them, that's going to help us to make sure that a blend with that and and the the intelligence, right, is what's going to be able to propel us forward into the future. I don't think it's one or the other. We've already seen that relationship is great, but relationship can be inaccurate, right? It can be people can lie to each other. People can forget information. We can, you know, fat finger something. That's kind of one of my favorite terms. Oh, I fat fingered it, right? But I think when we combine that with the intelligence that's coming down from all this data, I think we're going to have a really great combination of moving forward to be able to take care of the client. I think people are worried that the personal touch will go away, but I don't think that that's going to occur because I think we need it. I really still think there's some there's still some things that data can't do. And that's that's yeah. my opinion. Well, there's here's the thing. Insurance is hard to understand, right? So. It's similar to like financial advisors. There are certain things that, yeah, maybe on really simple, not complex risks, could the insurance agent be skipped? Maybe, right? We've seen that in the financial world. Some people are self-servicing on finances, but a lot of times people still want to have an advisor to go to with questions because it's a complex thing to understand. And so the last time I looked at customer acquisition data, it was something like north of 70% of potential policyholders start their insurance buying online, but they finish with an agent because they're not confident they're getting exactly what they need, right? Yep. And they're not confident they're getting the best price. So I, I think it's, to your point, it's a, it's an agency that's supplemented with a digital experience around both like customer acquisition and this transactional stuff that really none of us need to touch. But there's always going to, to be that uncertainty around, I don't really understand what insurance is. Do I have a policy that covers all of my needs? And that's where the advisory piece comes in. Honestly, that's the most valuable, that's the most valuable piece of an insurance agent's job is to provide that advisory stuff. The the data input into systems and changing a vehicle or updating deductibles or a credit card, you guys shouldn't even have to touch that. That should it's easy enough to self-serve and that frees you up to either sell more, right. Or build those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love that because we, we do need to say we need to focus on the relationships and let the data be the data. Right. And, and let, let that, let that be whatever it is now, tomorrow, whatever that, you know, six years from now, whatever it looks like in the industry that that personal relationship will never go away because people want I mean, you know, even if we're texting, you know, people, people date over texting to some degree. People are always like, oh, texting is so impersonal. But people go onto an online web app, right? And they'll text with somebody before they decide if they want to go on out and have a have a drink with them or whatever. 
I think that especially the next generation and the generation that's here really as adults, I mean, you know, we're fine with a certain amount of relationship online, right? But eventually we want to go and get to know people. We want to talk to somebody. We want that option. It doesn't mean that that's a 100% all the time. We want the convenience of being able to, you know, text somebody and they text us back whenever or email and then they email us back or even make a phone call, right? Back in the day, phone call was, you know, new technology back, you know, uh, you know, 60 years ago. But the key here is, is that now it's baseline technology, you know, and I think when we, as we grow into this industry and into these um, areas moving forward, we're going to find that in the future, this is going to be a baseline technology. All of this being able to utilize data in our day-to-day operations, it's going to become second nature. It's not going to be this big, scary, audacious, crazy thing that the carrier or the, you know, whoever is telling us that we have to do, it's going to become second nature. And I think we have to jump on that, on that train to be a part of that, because that's where, that's where this whole thing's going. We just have to find out where our space is in it and be really great at the relationships. Well, and to that point, Teresa, there's, um, there are so many solutions, technology solutions for agents in the market today. Right. And so like, I can't even imagine what, you know, how many emails agency principals and leaders are getting on this brand new shiny technology that's going to help them grow their agency by X percent. My best advice there is figure out what you, like, what does five years look like for, right? Five years out, like do a five-year horizon. What do you want to look like as an agency? And then start solving for the problems that you need to solve for, right? There's there's tools out there that are more focused on retention. If your book's, you know, solid and you just want to focus more on retention and less on new acquisition, there are technology tools that will help with that. If you're hyper-focused on, um, you know, new acquisition, there's there's tools that are focused on that. If you really, if, you're, if your expenses are high in servicing, just... You know, start with the the area that really is driving towards that five year goal, and start building tools around that. Um, it's virtually impossible to build a technology stack of like eight things that will solve every single problem. But where, right. where what's your value? Yeah, what's your value proposition as an agency? And then what tools do you want to use to solve for that? Because otherwise, it's super overwhelming. It's extremely overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. What do you find that you think the biggest technologies or the biggest challenges that you've had with this transition of coming from, like you said, a brokerage type situation? I know that you've been really super excited about getting into the data and getting into the the meat of it all. Um, what, What have you seen to be even your biggest challenge in that process of, of being able, because as we and I'm not in your space specifically, but me, how can I help to grow forward to be a part of that insurance tech conversation? Be, knowing knowing some of those challenges, knowing some of those joys, knowing some of those um, those visions that you guys have coming from the insure tech world, how can we partner with insure tech to really utilize it best in our agency? I guess that's kind of where I'm going. How can we utilize it the best with whatever you know, um, knowledge of where you guys have been and where you guys are going in our own agencies? I think um, one of the, when when you, as an agency, when you start to, like, especially a, an earlier stage, less mature startup insure tech, and you, you take that 
Um, you take that technology, you consume it in your agency. I will say that the number one issue I see with agents is actually taking their technology and operation, operationalizing it within their agency in a way that's going to be beneficial because we're just so used to doing things the way that we've been doing them. But right. um, that's a sidetrack conversation. But one of the fun things that I saw in my in my old chair in the carrier world, working with insurtechs of the carrier, and then now as um, in the insurtech world, working with with agents, is you have the ability to influence change within the insurtechs a lot more than you have with the legacy carrier. So we had uh, a group of agents we called Coterie Collaborative, and we'd, we'd use them to help with decision-making points. And some of our best partners are helping us think through what do we need to do next in order to make sure that we grow and scale with them. So it's more of a build together versus this is what we have, take it or leave it, uh, which is a ton of fun because you're, you're able to influence how can this insure tech help me move forward? And as they continue to iterate and get more mature and build on their capabilities, agents actually have the ability to help and, and to drive them in, in particular directions. And that's not typical of an insurance carrier relationship with any Right. That's very, very yeah. true. I love it. And we are, we are really shaping the future because it is constantly changing. And um, I love it when an insurance agent carrier, whatever it is, person in the insurance industry speaks up because it's by speaking up and being able to help drive the business and the industry forward, even from an agency perspective and or from an insure tech perspective. I know there's a lot of companies out there that don't listen, you know, whenever agents speak up. And I know that. But I think that if we partner with some insure tech, I think if we partner with the, on the agency side, if we partner with the right people, then I think that they do listen and we can be a part of those things moving forward. So whoever's listening out there, make sure that if you are, you know, utilizing that insure tech or uh, some type of a, a system out there, listen to if check it out, see if they're willing to listen to you because it could really be able to help our industry move forward. So um, I, I love the fact that you brought that up that. So many, you know, uh, companies are listening to what the user experience is on the agency side and that we can be a part of propelling that change forward. I think that's really important. Well, Bobby, if people want to reach out to you, talk to you, uh, get to know Coterie a little bit better, whatever it might be, explore this data conversation a little bit more. How is it that they can reach out to you most effectively? Most effectively is just find me on LinkedIn, um, Bobby Police. It's pretty easy to find me out there. Um, or you can find me through our company website too, coterieinsurance.com. Um, it's kind of exciting. We actually have a new website spinning up within the next month. We're super excited about that as well. Um, but there is actually a producer's resources page within our Coterie website that is completely open public. So if you want to dig around in there, if you're an agent and potentially you want a contract, it's really easy to sign up through our website, or you can just contact me directly and I'll get you moving down the path. Um, I love it. I love it. Well, Bobby, thank you so much for your time today. This has been awesome. It's been a great conversation about data and the changes of the industry and how we need to make sure that we are in that right space mentally and emotionally and prepared to be able to do what's best for our clients. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks, Teresa. I love these conversations. Thank you so much for having me. It was super fun. 
I love it. Well, everybody, this has been another fabulous episode of the Power Women in Insurance podcast. We do have a new episode every single Wednesday. So join us as you'll find us on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you stream your podcasts, we are there. My name is Teresa Kitchens, and I am your host here at the Power Women in Insurance podcast, and I will see you next week. <laughs>